how do we navigate things like cultural trends, current world events, and disagreement in church? Honest Conversations is a deeper dive into some of your important questions that we don't always have time to cover in a Sunday morning service. Ready to dive in? Let's join Andrew and Brooke for today's Honest Conversation. All right, I want to talk about personality. Okay. How does our personality play into our relationship with God, our part in the church? Wow. That's a good question. Um, it plays a lot into it. <laughs> what, what is, I mean, yeah. what is personality to God? Yeah. He's That's obviously a, placed right. it in us. Yes. Yeah, I think, so let's start, let's, in the spirit of the podcast, like let's start, let's get as close to the center as we can and, okay. and build our way out from there. So personality matters and is valuable. God gave people, God gives people personality on purpose and then you can get in like nurture nature, all that sort of stuff. Before you even get into all that, I'm not a psychologist, but God knits us together, you know? So God gives us stuff and he puts us in places and times for his best glory, you know, Acts tells us. So, okay, that's great. Personality is valuable. It does matter. But a good distinction I think we have to understand is that like our personhood is sacred, but our personality is not sacred. Personhood, go into that. Yeah, so uh, as a uh, the, um, my human, my humanity, the me being a human, my life is is sacred. That it is uh, we are we are the images of God. Like life is sacred, and so in people, there is something sacred about the life of a person and each person. Each person's humanity is is a sacred gift from God and should be honored and respected and, and given proper dignity as being sacred. Our personalities are not sacred. So the fact that I'm a person, that that is that is sacred. My life is sacred. My personhood is from is is sacred in that regard. It is the I am an imager of Christ, like that. But the way God has wired me is important, but it's not sacred in that same sense. But Andrew, I'm an Enneagram three, right. and <laughs> I really identify with all the right. threes out there. Totally. No, I I kid, but there are so many personality <laughs> tests. Yeah. Um, the world is shouting at us yes. that personality is what matters, and know your personality, mm-hmm. and you know that is how you grow. Yes. Um, where should we kind of fall on this spectrum of, yes. of valuing personality but not worshiping it? Yeah, th- th- that's exactly. I think a great way to say it. And I think that's why it's good to delineate that like your life is like is sacred, but your but my personality is on the table to be worked with. Like, uh, okay. The Enneagram three joke you make, but seriously, it's like, but seriously, and that's where it's like that's valuable. Like your personality is valuable. It 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 matters how you're wired. It matters what your strengths are. It matters what your gifts are. It matters what you're good at and what you're bad at and what you care about and all of those things matter and they they season everything about our life. They they work it works its way into everything. And that's that's all true and that's that's fine. That's okay. And it's also great. Like that's 
part of the the beauty of the portrait of life is how God has made us different. And so we lean on each other in the body of Christ and all these things. So it it's valuable, but it's not sacred in the sense that like, that's great that my personality is X, Y, Z. But that doesn't mean I just get to do whatever I want according to that personality or that, that, that my personality ought to be respected in the same way that my personhood should be respected. That's where I was going. Where do we get in trouble yeah. when we start valuing personality over personhood? Yeah. yeah. So as a person, I'm to be an imager of God. And so my personality should function towards that end. I should be trying to continually grow. This is what sanctification is, essentially. It's the journey of being shaped more into the image of God. So self-awareness, I think, is a beautiful thing and something I've grown in a lot over the last few years, and it's, and it's being really, really fruitful. But we, it's only, that stuff can only be fruitful when the aim is to love God and love people with it, not to just be myself. Yeah. I'm not here to be myself. Yes. I, I want to be who God's called me to be and stuff, but like, I'm not just here to like live out my personality and have everybody cave to that and like cater, cater to the way that I want to do things. I want to love. I'll Uh, stop. (laughs) You don't want to allow your personality to be an excuse for sin. And I think sometimes we can fall into that trap. Oh, that's just who I am. You know, that's just kind of, and it's like, if we can approach personality and personality tests with almost, um, a perspective of Holy Spirit reveal, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. search me, oh God, know my heart, you know, try me. Um, and kind of, you know, it it at least takes it off of the whole like idol thing Mm -hmm. where we're putting so much importance on it and more like, God, this is valuable. Like Mm -hmm. self-awareness is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, so Holy Spirit, like, what do you want to do in me? How do you want me to become more like you in this area? Um, because I know some people are going to be like, uh, you're not dissing on personality tests, are no, you? No, I'm not. I'm not dissing on personality tests. We we need to mature as as people, but but Christ is maturing His body into the fullness of Him who is the head. Ephesians four, it says that we are maturing up as the body of Christ in unity. So I'm not just maturing into a better me. Oof. I I want to mature as an offering unto Christ. And then I get to love my neighbor as I love myself, which is I'm trying to love myself by loving God. That's the best thing for me to do. What's what's in my best interest is to love God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Part of my heart, soul, mind, and strength is my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like, what's my heart like? How's my soul work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is my brain like? What's my body? You know, like, so there's personality in there and all kinds of different stuff. And so I want to love God with all of that. I'm trying to love God. So when I become more self-aware about something, it's not like, oh, great, there I am now I'm free. It's like, oh, wow, that's really helpful to understand. Where does that help me love God? Mm-hmm. And where does that, where can I grow in loving God? Or how, maybe a better question is, how can I just use that to love God? I want to love God because that's the best thing for me. That's how I love myself is by loving God. And now I get to love my neighbor as I love myself, mm. which is like I get to now um, function in my personality that's being continually sanctified as an offering unto the Lord. And I get to now like love you 
with that aim. Yeah. And I want to encourage you in those things too. So I want to, I want you to be self-aware. I want you to know who you are, what your strengths are. And I want to celebrate that and all of that stuff, not so that you can be, not just so that Brooke can be Brooke, but so that you can love God mm. and that you can love your neighbor the same way you love you. Cause that's what Jesus says to do. And that's the best thing for us. So yeah. that's where it's, it's valuable as, um, being an offering. That's really good. And I think that we can fall into this trap of self-improvement, AKA self-love, right? Like lots of different terms where it almost gets addictive. You can improve in a lot of different areas. There's books for everything, how to improve your mornings, how to improve your productivity, how to improve this, right? Your emotional, emotional, you know, your EQ, right? Um, and it becomes this rat race almost of self-improvement. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. But I love what you said, that your end goal has to be becoming like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And everything that we do and view and read has to come with a filter. Yeah. Um, or else it, it becomes really just putting yourself unintentionally on, you know, as an idol in for your own sure. life. No, for sure. I mean, I I'm here to do the will of God for the kingdom of God. It's the Lord's prayer again, you know, like your kingdom come, your will be done. So it's helpful to understand like, what are my, you know, what are my tendencies? What are my strengths What are my weaknesses and all that stuff? And how, how can I leverage those things, grow in those things, lean on other people in those things to help me participate in growing in that. So that's, I think we, that's where it's like, cool. Let's do that. As long as the end goal is loving God and our neighbor but freedom and life is not found in self-awareness. I think that's where we can get disoriented mm-hmm. is that life, Jesus is the way. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. So that's where I find the way. That's where I find the truth. And that's where I find the life is in Jesus. Self-awareness is never going to be the end all be all thing that my soul is looking for. There's value, you know, I can leave it there. I think that's. Where does personality fall when it comes to the church? You have Mm. led Antioch Indy now for the past six years. years? This Sunday, this last Sunday we just had, September 11th was our sixth year from six years from our first service. I know we forgot to even mention it on Sunday. (laughs) We're too busy. (laughs) Jason, we're too busy, Jason. Um, Well, that's awesome. But you've you've had a front row seat to how personalities, yourself, everybody Mm -hmm. in leadership, you know, how it all um, mingles Mm -hmm. and mixes and sometimes doesn't. And, you know, how do we deal with personalities in the church? Because, Mm. um, you know, we want to, we want to do this well. This Mm. is the bride of Christ. And so often personalities, um, can be the the thing that really just kind of throws a wrench into things. <laughs> it's so you true. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, it's so true. No, that that's a great question. So our vision is to preach the gospel of the kingdom and make others great. And so we're here to, we've got to do it in that order. We're here to preach the gospel of the kingdom, but we want to do it with a heart to make others great. And so personality really works into the whole make others great thing. It's like, okay, cool. Who are you? Who's God made you to be? And how do we like help you be that? But it's for the glory of God, not for yourself, not even for your ministry or for the thing you want to do. It's for the kingdom. 
So that's why it, that's where personality tests or whatever become a great lever to pull. Cause it's like, cool, God made you on purpose and that's awesome. So let's figure out, let's help you figure, let's all learn together. Who are you? What, what's the great thing God's called you to the great things God's called you to. And how do I, as the pastor and we, as the church, how do we come under you to help you do all the great things God's called you to do in the kingdom? And let's do that accurately because like first Corinthians 12 is like, so, uh, so God composed the body. Like he put you together the way he wanted to put you together for his body, for his sake, for his glory. You are who you are. You aren't who you aren't by his decisions. Yeah. So let's celebrate that. Who are you? Who are you not? Great. Yeah, but what happens when you are, you know, type A, ambitious, driven, and you have someone who's the la-ti-da personality, mm-hmm. you know, like how do you how do you resolve those personality conflicts mm-hmm. um, in a way that's honoring to God and further fulfills the kingdom? Yeah, so where Micah Others Great comes from is Luke, uh, is it 22 or 24? I think it's 22, where the disciples are arguing about, Who's going to be the greatest? Yes. You know, and, and Jesus says, okay, well, there's a party and there's a table. Who is greater, the one at the table or the one who serves? And it's kind of like you think Jesus is going to say, he's going to do like the reversal thing where it's like, you think the one at the table is greater, but really the one of the, the one that serves is greater. But that's actually not what he says. He says that the one at the table is the greater person. It's like, okay, great. I thought so. (laughs) Like, duh. Tracking. Yeah, the one at the table is a greater person. He says, but I'm here as one who serves. And so he actually orients himself as the weaker one in the story, which is bizarre. And honestly, I just don't even know what to do with that. It's just worth noting. You're like, holy smokes. The God in flesh just said, I'm the the weaker one. Like, I don't even know what to do with that. So that's crazy. But then the next thing he says is like the super confusing part where he looks at his disciples and and so he says, you know, the greatest among you is the one who serves. And then he goes on this, like two verses of like, in my kingdom, there's thrones and rulers and you'll each have a throne. And basically if you, you don't even get it. And you're like, I don't get it either. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but what we can take away from that is like, he's saying, you don't even understand who you are in my kingdom. You don't even know. You don't even know who I've made you by grace. And now you're fighting about who you want to be by your own merit or whatever else. You are, you are fighting for a seat at the table. You are fighting for the high seat of the table as if you're not, as if you don't have it, as if you're weak and hungry and orphaned. You don't even understand that I have thrones for you in my kingdom that I've, I've given you this by grace. And it's only from that revelation that we are actually free to genuinely sacrifice and serve and empower and make others great. To say like, make others great is not a statement about like, oh, we just want to constantly defer to one another and like, no, no, we're, I'm not that great. Like you're right. great. You know, it's like, actually, no, that's actually not really it. What it is, is like, I'm good because of the grace of God. Like Jesus, he's got me covered. He loves me. He made me. He's going to put me where he needs to put me for his sake. He's perfectly capable of putting me anywhere, anytime for his glory. All that's like, 
I'm good as far as the kingdom of God goes. I've been saved by grace. I'm a co-heir with Christ. Like, what else do I have to gain? If I, li- if I spend my energy pushing you down, I gain nothing. The only, uh, the only thing I have to gain in my life, because I'm, I'm good, what else would I do other than like be like, hey, I want to see you be all that God's made you to be? Because Jesus has got me covered, so I don't have to fight for myself. So the personality thing is it's like, how do we, how do we, how do we not coexist? How do we be unified and brothers and sisters in one body? How do we be the bride? How do we be the temple in the midst of all of our differences? Is that we understand that, well, he's the head. He's the composer of the body. He's the presence that fills the temple. He's the bridegroom of the bride. It, it's all about him. He knows what he's doing. He's building the church. He knit me together, and I'm really thankful for that. And I'm secure in that, which means he knit you together, which means I can be secure in that too. And you can be secure in that. I don't have to be worried about the strengths he gave you and how those make my weaknesses look bad because it's not about me. And like now, actually, I get to live by the truth and I get to get my mind renewed that like, actually, this is amazing. I don't have to be good at what Brooke's good at because Brooke's good at it. I don't have to run the rat race of my life of being the constant improver who's good at everything and never has weaknesses and constantly fights for himself and puts himself forward and takes care of himself and provides for himself. And it's like, no, I'm actually pretty good in the kingdom of God. He gives me my daily bread, my father in heaven, who is holy. I'm here building his kingdom. I'm doing his will. He provides for me every day. He's knit me together by the power of the Holy Spirit to be part of the body. He's the head. Oh, look, you're next to me too. Like, it's not even about us. It's like, it's first about him. And so it's like, wow, whoever God's made me to be, I want to be fully that. I want to, I want to be that, but only under his leadership. And so like, can I get into something else? Okay. (laughs) So I think this is important because like we, I want to be fully, I want to be for God, fully who God's made me to be but not outside of being surrendered and submitted to him and abiding in him every day. So the leadership in my life is not my personality test. Even though I want to be who God's made me to be for him, I'm not filtering my decisions first through my personality test. I'm still, my highest concern is abiding in him. Does that make sense? Yes. He's still God. My personality test isn't. So like I could say personally, for example, this has been something really interesting for me personally. We just as a staff did this personality thingy, whatever. And it was really helpful. And basically you do the, you do the deal and then you get some graphs. And like the top graph sort of graphs, you're like, this is kind of who you are. And there's four dots and it kind of spreads around. And so the second graph is like essentially how you perceive you're expected to be in the workplace. So trying to try not to get into all of it, but um, kind of the what you would intuitively and what is good to kind of aim for is that the graphs are, look similar because it's like here, if your graph goes like this up here, it would be good if how you think you should be at work looks something like who you are. That would say, well, you're probably in a good fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, your role fits you well. That's a good thing. Yeah. And that is a good thing. Like sure. we want people, yeah. So we did that recently, and 
mine looked really, really different from each other. And so basically it was saying that my perception was that right now in my role or whatever and different things, uh, I, I perceive of myself that I'm expected to, to operate fairly differently than I just would in my natural self. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the guy who was going through it with us, he was kind of like, that's interesting. Like, how does that feel? I'm like, well, I, he was kind of like, if I didn't know you, I would be like, ooh, this person probably doesn't like his job. <laughs> kind of a deal. And I was like, huh, I love my job. Like, this, <laughs> this is great. You know, and he was like, well, that's good. Okay. So, you know, like, let's, this isn't what, let's, let's dig into it. Like, this isn't the rule, that, mm-hmm. but it's the doorway, like, sure. to talk about it, you know? Like, so what, so anyways, I've been praying about it and thinking about it. I'm like, Lord, you know, what is that? Because I, I do, I, I'm like, I love my job. I don't want to do anything else. This is great. I'm happy, like, all this sort of thing. But my only point in that, long story, is that as I was praying through that I and comparing the two things, I, the Lord pretty much showed me kind of point for point where those areas of differences are areas that I am aware that he's working on me right now. Mm. Like I could see like, oh, my natural tendency is this, which is from God. It's a great thing. Let's use it for the glory of God. But right now uh, that gets expressed in this way or gets pulled back or pushed forward. Or I'm having to, I'm having to get rubbed in this way on that personality trait or whatever. And it's like, and I can see, I'm like, oh, as I look over the last six months, I'm like, yeah, God, you're teaching me that right now. Not because how I am is bad, but because I do need to learn how to be that for you, which means discipline. Like I don't discipline my kids just because they're bad. It's like I'm shaping them, you know, like, so he's, he's shaping me, not because I'm bad, but because he's maturing me. And it goes all the way back to that whole maturing thing. That's like the, the personality graph for me, I'm like, wow, that's so helpful. Light bulbs, you know, I'm like, wow, this is helpful. You know, so many good things. And like, yeah, I do want to do those things, but I want to do them well. And so Jesus knows what he's doing with me. So I'm going to trust him right now as he's, he's, you know, pulling this back, pushing that forward a year from now, it'll probably look different. Five years from now, it'll probably look different, but not because one's right and what's wrong, one's wrong, but because he's, he's growing me and maturing me. So that's how I think practically, that's just a, you know, specific example of, I think the value of understanding the personality and valuing it, Mm -hmm. but submitting it. When we started, we said personhood is sacred, personality is not. And in my mind, I kind of almost did like, a, okay, you're in different boxes. Mm. And here we are 20 minutes later, and what God's revealing is they're not in separate boxes, mm. but your personality should draw you into your personhood. Mm. And by learning your personality, it's not mm-hmm. bad, but it should be submitted to your personhood. Yeah. And the example you gave with Jesus and the disciples they were arguing about personality. Hmm. They were, you know, who's, who's better leader, communicator, yeah, who's right. going to be here, <laughs> there, you know? Um, and, and Jesus talks about the thrones. Mm-hmm. And although we may not understand it, what he's speaking to is, this is your personhood. Mm-hmm. This is your inheritance. Right. This is my, this is me. This right. is my gift to you. And so, um, wow, what a valuable lesson to understand that our, our personalities are mere 
um, they're, they're spotlights for our personhood. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're tools for loving God and yeah. they, they should be shaped. Like we should grow, we should mature. Like those are good things yeah. and we've got to keep it rightly ordered in that sense. So good, Andrew. We have so much more to talk about, yeah. so many more topics. So we hope you'll join us next week. Thanks, Brooke.